Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast, the incremental anti-diet solution for effective permanent weight loss. Primal Potential is committed to helping you overcome emotional eating, hormonal imbalances, unhealthy habits, and your dieting mindset through education and inspiration. We don't just talk about what you should eat and what you should avoid. We talk strategy. Primal Potential is bridging the gap between knowing and doing. Each episode will leave you with concrete tips for making positive changes that make a difference. Primal Potential is here to help you lose weight, get healthy, and master fat loss naturally. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am so glad that you have tuned in for this Q&A episode. This is going to be a little different from the Q&A episodes we've done so far, so it would be a huge help to me if you could reach out to me either on the show notes page at primalpotential.com or on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, all the places I hang out, and let me know if this episode is helpful to you. I'm really hoping that it will be, but I mean, duh, I guess, of course, I'm always hoping that it's useful to you. I get a lot of questions about what I eat. And as most of you know, I struggled with chronic dieting for pretty much my whole life. And I like to say that I was always in a cycle between strict pursuit or total avoidance. And strict pursuit would be insane dieting, totally unsustainable. Things like chicken broth and protein shakes or 31 Weight Watchers points of sugar-free jello and fat-free microwave popcorn. Things that made it really impossible for me to enjoy my life or to have any type of social life. I was always thinking about food or preparing food or thinking about food or thinking about food or thinking about food or thinking about my weight all of the time. And other times I would snap. I'd get frustrated, I'd throw in the towel, and I'd go on a bender. And I lost weight in this cycle, but I always put it back on just as significantly. And I was miserable. I was totally miserable. I was not enjoying my life. And I know that that's the case for many of you, whether you're a healthy weight or you have weight to lose. That food obsession is paralyzing. I mean, it consumes us and it just doesn't need to be that way. And I've shared with you a number of times before that it wasn't until I stopped this crazy cycle, until I stopped dieting, truly, that I was able to lose over 100 pounds and keep it off without being food obsessed. And that's where people get confused and start asking questions. And I totally understand the questions. What did you eat? Can I see your meal plan? What should I get at the grocery store? And I'll be really honest with you, I don't want you to eat what I eat. Not that you won't see results, but because I eat my favorite whole foods and you should eat your favorite whole foods, not my favorite whole foods. But I do understand the real need for meal ideas and I do believe in giving you a starting point, some ideas that will be fat loss friendly and really tasty, but I want you to truly use this as a starting point. And if you don't like something, I mean, really, if you don't love it, don't eat it again. 
Keep working through the ideas until you find what you love. So I'm going to use this episode to answer the very common question, Elizabeth, what do you eat? But I also want to be more practical than that. I want to address how I respond and how I coach my clients to respond and tweak their meals when you're up against cravings or extreme hunger or low energy. These are basic strategies, things that you can look to add or subtract from your meal or snack to adjust to your hormonal signals. But I really do need a favor from you because this is a different kind of episode and I don't really know if it's going to land with you or not. Please comment on the show notes page or reach out to me on social media and let me know if you liked this episode and if it was helpful or not. And if it was helpful... Be sure to get over to primalpotential.com. On the homepage, there's an email sign-up form. Shoot me your name and email address because my weekly emails contain a lot of the similar information, recipes, workouts, and tips I use to stay on track and to help my clients stay on track. So I'm going to take this meal by meal and tell you the things I eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks. But first, I want to talk about troubleshooting strategies that you can use when you're experiencing things like extreme hunger or low energy. And again, these are strategies I use all the time, and they're strategies I teach to my clients that they find very helpful. And I can't dive in again without this caveat. Do not take on all these changes all at once. Do not create a meal plan out of what I'm saying. If you're currently eating cereal and yogurt and oats and burgers, please don't try to create a brand new meal plan from these suggestions and do a dietary 180. It's exhausting and it's unsustainable and that's a diet. I would recommend that you pick one meal or one snack and change that and practice, 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 build habits. Don't attack it like a mission for perfection. We've all done that before and we know it doesn't work. Let's start with hunger and how you can respond if you're noticing hunger at specific times of the day. Cruciferous vegetables is really going to be the way to go here. Nothing fills me up like this particular type of vegetable. If you're trying to load up on spinach, I'm going to go ahead and say it's not going to fill you up. Nothing makes me more frustrated than when I go to a restaurant and I order this salad that sounds delicious and it's like this huge plate of greens and I'm like, I'm going to be hungry in 45 seconds. I don't even want to pay for this. Cruciferous vegetables, on the other hand, not only do they have a ton of health benefits, and I'll link to an article I wrote about them uh, in the show notes over on primalpotential.com, but cruciferous vegetables, these are things like Brussels sprouts, cabbage, cauliflower, broccoli. What they do when we eat them is they'll temporarily stretch the walls of your stomach, make your stomach expand just a little bit. And this is temporary, obviously, don't panic. It's because they're such a high volume food and the physical act of just pushing on the walls of the stomach decreases your production of the hormone ghrelin. And ghrelin is a hormone which triggers hunger. So when we eat these cruciferous vegetables, and I'm not talking like a few forkfuls, I'm talking about like really eat them, like I can throw down, then we decrease the production of the hormone that triggers our hunger. And as we go through meal by meal, I'll talk about how you can add these things in a practical way because nobody just wants to like munch on raw broccoli all day. If you do, I'm jealous, but that's totally not my thing. For energy, whether it's energy because I'm having a low energy week or I'm noticing a particular time of the day where my energy dips a little bit, I make sure to emphasize fat, dietary fat. And I know that people get freaked out by fat. I'm hoping to end that for every person on the planet. Ambitious, but I'm cool with that. I've even got an upcoming episode, actually a series of episodes on fat, but I digress. People fear fat because it's 
high calorie. And I'm using air quotes here, but you can't see me and that's fine because I haven't taken a shower today. But anyway, when you consider that it's high calorie, I want you to remember that calories are not magical little gremlins that pile up under our belt and prevent us from seeing our toes. Calories are a measure of the energy potential within a food. I'm going to say that again, and I know I've said this on previous episodes, but it's worth repeating. Calories are a measure of the energy potential within a food. Fat has more than twice as many calories as protein or carbohydrate, and I don't want that to scare you. Think about it outside of the paradigm that you've been living in. What it means is that fat has twice as much energy potential. So when I'm dragging, when I'm struggling, I eat more fat. And again, as we go through the meal ideas, I'll share what I eat and point out where the fat is and how you can add more if you feel like you need to. Cravings. Everybody hates cravings. They're miserable and they're really hard to deny. The good news is that all of these hormonal biofeedback signals we're talking about, cravings, hunger, energy, they all improve and come into balance as you work towards food choices that balance your hormones. So I don't want you to think that you'll always be fighting an uphill battle against your cravings because you won't. There are emotional and psychological reasons for cravings, but there are also biochemical reasons for cravings. And one reason we can experience cravings is because of a lack of specific amino acids. And you'll remember that amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. So if I'm experiencing cravings or I notice that my clients are experiencing cravings, I'll encourage them or I will personally eat more protein. Now, I I fortunately, because I've been doing this for a while, I can recognize when my cravings are psychological or behavioral, so I'll respond to those with some mindset hacks, but biochemically, I'm going to respond in one of two ways. I'm either going to eat more protein, but I'm not going to overdo it with the protein, that's a whole nother episode, or I'm going to eat fewer carbs, more carbs, more carb cravings, and that's because carbs metabolize to sugar. The building block of all carbohydrates is sugar. And my body is very sensitive to sugar. And most people who are struggling with weight loss, their bodies are also very sensitive to sugar. So are you ready to dive into my favorite meal and snack ideas? I'm like getting hungry just thinking about it. And this is the buyer beware section of the show. My favorite foods are not your favorite foods. So if you just write down everything I say and eat only what I eat, yeah, you might lose weight, but it won't be sustainable because they're not foods you love and you're not tweaking and adjusting in response to your biofeedback. So don't do that. If that's your plan, go watch Lost or something because that's not going to help you. So let's talk about breakfast. I have talked in detail in episodes, I think, 7 and 9 and Q&A 2 about why I do not eat carbs in the morning. It is a fat loss strategy that is incredibly effective, and it's also good for more than fat loss. It's great for energy and satiety because we stay out of that cycle of cravings and hunger and the major shifts in energy level throughout the day. So definitely check out those episodes 7, 9, and Q&A 2. I'll link to them in the show notes if you haven't already. There's no question that morning time is the wrong time for carbs when your goal is fat loss. And that includes fruit and starchy vegetables. So we do not want to be including fruit or starchy vegetables or carbs of any kind in the morning. So here are some of my favorite fat loss breakfasts. When I was starting out, 
I really leaned on protein bars because in the process of changing my eating habits, I decided to start slowly. I didn't feel at the time that I had the time or the mental energy to make three good solid food choices each day and bars were easy and convenient. And remember too that I've never strived for perfection and I lost my weight without ever being perfect a single day. I strived for perfection while I was dieting for 20 plus years, so I know that doesn't work. And the bars were easy. It took the guesswork out. I was just able to grab it and go to work without making the time for cooking or cleaning up and not having an option if I didn't give myself the time to cook, right? And I'll link to my favorite bars in the show notes page, which you can find on primalpotential.com under the podcast tab. But starting out, I was a big fan of Quest bars and Power Crunch bars. And now I'm a big fan of Epic bars. Starting out, I also did protein shakes in the morning, and this was purely a convenience option. I don't do that near as much now because I personally feel best when my breakfast is higher in fat and more moderate in protein, and I also tend to focus more on whole foods, but shakes are quick and easy. You just don't want to pick the trashy shakes, and there's a lot of them out there. Some of them are just glorified milkshakes with way more calories than you need, way more carbs and sugar than you need. I'll link to some of my favorites on the show notes page. I'm a big fan of Biotrust's low-carb chocolate shake, and if I did have a shake, right, and even to this day, if I make a shake now, I absolutely, positively, without question, add fat. I do not just do pure protein because it's not going to hold me over. Um, So I'll add something like coconut milk from the can uh, because that has the solid fats included or avocado or even something like MCT oil or coconut oil. I'm not afraid to add fat. I'm really, I'm afraid for people around me if I don't eat enough fat. I get mean, really mean, not, not kidding. All right, so nowadays, because I've kind of moved away, and you don't have to move away. If bars and shakes are easy for you and you can find the right bars and the right shakes, go for it. Now I'm a big fan of of meat muffins. I know that's such a terror. Every time I say it, I'm like, God, that sounds disgusting. But Mary the Paleo Chef has a killer recipe that I've adapted to kind of cut out. Uh, she has a little bit of sugar in there, and I cut that out just for me and for my preferences and what works for me. But I'll link to that in the show notes page. But really creating any type of like mini meatloaf or meat muffin is just portable and easy to make ahead. The Paleo Chef ones are great because they use pork and cinnamon and nutmeg. So if you're not into savory options in the morning, that's a really good option. Speaking of not being into savory, that was my thing for a while. And so I started to make this amazing chia seed pudding. Chia seeds are high in fat and fiber, and I'll blend them and soak them overnight in a a mixture of coffee, almond milk, almond butter, and vanilla extract. And then overnight, the seeds kind of absorb the moisture and the flavor. It is sweet, but not too sweet. Crazy filling. And I'll also put that recipe in the show notes page on primalpotential.com as well. Eggs, of course, are a great morning option, and you can do a million different things with them. If you feel like, I'm so tired of bacon and eggs, think outside the box, right? You can wrap muffin tins in prosciutto or bacon and drop an egg in there and then bake it. Totally amazing. Or you can keep it simple and do omelets with bacon or your favorite meat. I love to do this egg uh, egg scramble with salmon and vegetables. Or you can take an avocado, which is an awesome fat source, remove the pit, crack an egg into the hole, and then bake that until the egg is however you want it cooked. Add salt and pepper, super delicious. 
Frittatas is another great way to add those veggies in there, especially if you're somebody that experiences a lot of hunger in the morning and you want that fiber from the veggies. Think of a frittata as like a quiche without the crust. You just throw in your favorite meat and veggies with the eggs, you bake it. It's amazing and it's easy to make ahead of time, heat and eat, grab and go when you're in a rush and don't have a lot of time. The cravings thing. I told you with cravings, I emphasize protein. A great way to do this in the morning. Eggs are a good source of um, protein, but you can also do smoked salmon and some hormone-free cream cheese. I'm getting hungry talking about all this food, and we're only on breakfast. I know most of you are probably waiting for me to talk about the breakfast option that I seem to talk most about, and that's bulletproof coffee. But I'm not going to mention that without climbing on my soapbox first and saying there's nothing magical about bulletproof coffee. I know it's trendy. They're some of my most popular episodes I've done on the show. And I think that makes people think that it's a bit of a magic bullet, and it's not. If you don't like coffee, don't drink it. If you prefer your coffee black, drink your coffee black. It's totally cool. Bulletproof is an option that I love because number one, I love coffee. Number two, I do best with higher fat in the morning. Number three, it's super quick and convenient. And number four, it keeps me full for a long time. And I've done full episodes on Bulletproof Coffee. I'll link to those in the show notes page on primalpotential.com. I think it's Q&A 5 and Q&A 6. So I won't go into the details here, but they'll be on the show notes. Basically, though, you take a high quality brewed coffee and you blend it. This sounds weird, I know, but it's delicious. You blend it with grass fed butter and either coconut oil or MCT oil. And that's breakfast. Responding to hunger in the morning. Sometimes I'm exceptionally hungry in the morning. And I usually see this if I've done a traditional cardio workout the day before or two days before. That doesn't happen because I rarely do traditional cardio. But if I do, I experience more hunger later. Or I get more hungry at certain times of the month as it relates to my menstrual cycle. And cruciferous vegetables are totally the answer here for me and most of my clients. But who wants to eat a ton of vegetables in the morning? So the way that I make this work for me is by either adding a bunch of them to a frittata or by doing what I kind of consider like a hash. I'll take shredded Brussels sprouts, several cups, not like tablespoons. I mean, when I talk veggies, I'm talking volume. And I'll make a little hash with scrambled eggs, shredded Brussels sprouts, avocado, and then either bacon or salmon, sometimes both. And it is incredibly filling and keeps me full for hours and hours. If I'm responding to low energy, fat is super easy to add. Sometimes I'll just put more butter or more oil in my Bulletproof coffee, or that'll be a day when I'll do the baked egg in an avocado because the egg yolk has great fat, the avocado has great fat. If I'm experiencing cravings, these days, my, my breakfast is bulletproof coffee, but if I'm noticing a particular struggle with cravings, I'll switch it up and I'll do a salmon hash or I'll make protein pancakes with a, a high quality protein powder, egg and almond milk. And I'll also make sure that I haven't been having too many carbs in my evening meal. All right, we're, we're only to lunch, so I'm going to I'm going to keep rolling right through here. I'm a big fan of leftovers at lunch, but I know that's not always possible. I do try for it to be possible, though, because I hate having to interrupt my workflow to cook. That's just not my personal preference. And that's why my food rules are to eat foods I love, make enough for leftovers, and focus on fat, protein, and non-starchy vegetables. Lunch, for me, is the most important time for me to get in my non-starchy vegetables because I really want to be full and satisfied until dinner... And dinner is usually my smallest meal of the day because I don't really worry about getting hungry after dinner as I know I can sleep it off. 
One way that I find it really easy to get these non-starchy vegetables in is by making up several batches of my favorite veggie dishes at the beginning of the week and then putting them in Tupperware in the fridge so that I can just easily grab a few cups for lunch. And right now, I am loving, loving Nom Nom Paleo's cabbage salad. It's a cold salad and it's red cabbage with carrots and green onions and this amazing carrot and ginger dressing. It's so good. And I love using that as the veggie portion for my lunch meal because all I have to do is go to the fridge and grab a couple of cups. And I'll often eat as much as two or three cups of it. I'm not joking. I eat a ton of veggies. They're great for my hormones and they're great for my satiety. I also like to do simple, easy salads. You know how they have those pre-mixed bags of like broccoli slaw and I'll throw away the little packets of dressing and crunchy things that come in them and I'll mix them up with either a homemade dressing that I've made or I'll saute them in a big pan with butter and coconut aminos and I'll make a whole bunch of that at once and keep it in the fridge and then I can just easily toss protein on top when I'm ready to have lunch. When I make Brussels sprouts at dinner or mashed cauliflower or cauliflower rice, I try to make plenty of extras so that I can use these as a base for whatever I feel like eating for lunch. And to be perfectly honest with you, traditional salads and like salad greens don't really fill me up. And for me and most of the clients that I work with, I really need these cruciferous veggies for that satiety factor. From the standpoint of protein and fat, I think that salmon cakes are an easy and delicious option for lunch. I'll make a ton of them ahead of time and I'll either freeze them before I cook them or I'll just cook them, pop them in the fridge and reheat them as I need them or cook them as I need them. My favorite salmon cake recipe is one from Diane Sanfilippo and I'll link to that in the show notes. She's one of the chicks from the 21 Day Sugar Detox. And if I have leftover protein from dinner, I absolutely do that. It is a sad day when I don't have dinner leftovers for lunch. But a rotisserie chicken is another super easy, convenient option for lunch. I'll keep one in the fridge and just pull some meat off of it and top it on whatever veggies I'm having for lunch. From a fat standpoint, dietary fat, I mean, not like people fat, um, I always try to keep some hard-boiled eggs in the fridge. The yolks are a great flavor to add to my cabbage salad or whatever slaw I'm having, whatever veggies I'm having, and they're a great source of fat. And sometimes I'll just have a fatty protein, right? Salmon is a high-fat protein or beef or pork or even bacon. Um, and if I'm doing the cabbage salad, I love to add a half an avocado. That's just a really yummy fat source, and it's very nutrient-rich. Another convenient lunch option that I've recently fallen in love with is kind of like think of like a salmon salad instead of like a canned tuna salad. I'll take canned salmon. And if I'm doing salmon for dinner other than salmon cakes, I'll use like whole fresh salmon. Um, But for this, I'll take canned salmon and I'll add in some mayo and salt and pepper and lemon juice and just put it on top of a salad or on the side with my veggies. It's super quick. It's easy. It's portable. It's fat loss friendly. And I think it's delicious. Responding to hunger, I've talked about how I add the vegetables, making a couple of things ahead of time and then just grabbing a few cups. Low energy with the fat, I've I've shared with you how I incorporate fat. And then responding to cravings, I always make sure there's some kind of meat or protein. And I make sure that I'm skipping the fruit, the grains, and the starchy vegetables at lunch because I'm leaving them for dinner or post-workout. Speaking of dinner... I love the slow cooker, the crock pot, whatever you want to call it. I don't always have time to cook a full meal, but I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm like, oh no, what's for dinner? And then having to go out someplace. Chicken thighs in the crock pot are a big win for me. And a lot of people ask why I personally choose chicken thighs over the chicken breast. 
The thighs have more fat, and we've talked about why fat is so important for energy and satiety, uh, but they're also a lot more flavorful. They don't dry out the way that chicken uh, chicken breast does. And for me, I have screwed up chicken breast in the crock pot way too many times, and it's dry and nasty, so I don't do that anymore. I use chicken thighs. I think they're delicious. They're fattier, and they're tastier. Sometimes I'll follow a recipe, but sometimes I'll just throw them in the crock pot with coconut milk and Thai spices like curry, and then just serve them over cauliflower rice or mashed cauliflower or alongside steamed broccoli. Putting a roast in the crock pot is also really easy. You just take the roast, add in some onions and carrots. It can be beef, it can be bison, it can be whatever, and several hours later, you've got a great meal and tons of food for leftovers, which is always a bonus. And now that the weather is warming up, at least I hope it is where you are, Grilling out is fantastic and can be very, very fat loss friendly. Grill up some burgers and do fun toppings like a fried egg or avocado or grilled onions. Just skip the bun. Steaks, I mean, that's a no brainer. Sausages too, just be careful because some of them have a lot of added sugar. And then game meats like bison or venison. Last summer, I got really into grilled quail. Oh my gosh, so good, so tender, super delicious. And I'm going to link in the show notes to this particular place in Texas. It's a farm and you can order their kind of rarer meats online and it's so good and so affordable. And I have some favorite recipes too. I'll link to them in the show notes. One of them I came up with myself and the folks on my email newsletter are totally digging it. It's essentially my fat loss friendly version of a chipotle chicken bowl with marinated spicy chicken over cilantro, lime, cauliflower, rice. If you're on my newsletter, you've already received that recipe, but I'll put it in the show notes. I love Everyday Paleo's Chili Verde. Um, Tim Bauer introduced me to that, and it's so good. And I also make a really great slow-cooked citrus chicken thigh. But you can do fish, too. Pan-frying fish, I love that. Or breading uh, chicken breast or chicken thighs with coconut flour instead of like a traditional breadcrumb and frying them up in some coconut oil, that is to die for. Come to think about it, I haven't had that in a while, so I'm going to have to put that back into the rotation. Another really easy staple for me that keeps really well in the refrigerator for several days is Paleo Shepherd's Pie. It could not be easier. You just take ground beef or ground bison, you cook it up, put it on the bottom of a casserole pan, layer some corn on there. I like to use non-GMO corn and I'll only use about a quarter of a cup and then top, uh, top it with mashed cauliflower and bake it. So good. And then there's Mitza. If you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you've seen that I love to use this on weekend nights. But you basically take a sausage, right, and you slit the casing, peel it off, take the meat before it's cooked, form it into a patty, bake it for like 10 minutes, pull it out, top it with tomato sauce and whatever toppings you want, cheese, veggies, bacon, whatever, pop it back, and it's like a meat pizza. So good. And if I'm going to do carbs, I do them at dinner. Sweet potato is my favorite uh, fat loss friendly carb. And like I said, I limit it to dinner. It works best for my body. Plantains and regular potato are also good choices. And I'll do sweet potato fries or sweet potato chips. I love to take sweet potato chips and use them as a base for nachos. Top them with some ground beef, some pico, some guac. Come on. That's like amazing, right? Or you can do a baked sweet potato or a hash with like a breakfast for dinner kind of feel. If I'm looking to really combat hunger at dinner, I'm going to upregulate the veggies. I love Brussels sprouts, and I'll just do a quick saute of Brussels sprouts with bacon or pancetta. I'll also do steamed broccoli or a really simple broccoli soup. I'll put that recipe on the show notes page as well. 
mashed cauliflower is a go-to for me. Cauliflower rice. And I put a video together with how to make the most amazing cauliflower rice. And I will link to that in the show notes. Cabbage is another one that's super filling and is going to really quench any hunger. You can add it to your slow cooker meal. You can saute it in butter and coconut aminos, or you can make a cold salad with it. Fat for energy at dinner, super easy. I cook a lot with fat at dinner time, extra virgin olive oil, butter. I also use fatty meats. I told you about the chicken thighs instead of the chicken breasts. If I make salad dressing, I do it with MCT oil or olive oil, a real, you know, heavy fat. And then it's easy to incorporate avocado or egg. Bacon and pancetta are obviously your fat sources. And if you're experiencing cravings, Try skipping the carbs at dinner. For me, they send me into that carb cycle and I have more cravings when I'm eating them. All right, rounding it up here, desserts and snacks. As I balance my hormones, I find that I need fewer snacks. I'm less hungry and I can go longer stretches of times without eating. But sometimes I want a snack or I feel like I need a snack. And bars, if you're on the road, are another are a good one. Uh, beef jerky. But be careful. Some beef jerky is really high in added sugar. Almonds and macadamia nuts. The caution here is it's easy to overeat them. I find that if you get them raw, it's harder to overeat than if they're roasted and salted. You can kind of pop more down raw veggies, uh, and sometimes I'll use that salmon spread that I talked about as a dip for it, or hormone-free cheese. As far as desserts, if you're on my newsletter list, I recently sent out my favorite desserts, uh, and I'll link to them in the show notes, but definitely get on the newsletter because I do send out a lot of my recipes that way. Uh, Paleo ice cream I'll do sometimes, or sometimes I'll just take an apple and I'll chop it up, Top it with some butter and some cinnamon, maybe some pecans, pop it in the oven for a little bit, and that's a fantastic option. Or I'll take an avocado and I will blend it with some raw cacao and some stevia, and it's like a chocolate pudding. You really don't get the avocado flavor at all, and it's delicious. Last thing I want to talk about is eating out. I really feel like this is easy. I don't feel like there's any place I can go to without having a good option except maybe a ballpark. And in that case, I'll keep some nuts or a protein bar in my purse. I'm a big fan of Chipotle. I'll get a salad bowl there with meat. But really anywhere I go, I can find a salad with grilled meat or fish. I can get a steak and a side of veggies or a chicken breast and a side of veggies. I can get a burger with no bun. That's one of my favorite things. Sometimes you can get an omelet. Wherever you go, you want to focus on meat and fat and veggies and consider the starches as a side, not as the main dish. So we're kind of nearing in on, on 30 minute mark here. And I really want to know, was this episode helpful? Was this information helpful or was it? did it seem like a big long food list? If you would let me know, that would be really wonderful. And if you want more information like this, go over to primalpotential.com, right on the homepage, get on the email list. The sign up form is right below the header of the page. Uh, and I send out a lot of recipes, workouts, tips and tricks, things like that on that. There will be recipes on the show notes page. Where do you find the show notes page? You go to primalpotential.com. You hit the podcast tab and all those show, uh, show notes are right on that page. So I hope this was helpful for you. Please let me know if it was or it wasn't. And until next time, guys, stay healthy.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.